You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now bring you pro-life activism from creation to death with Jim Sedlak. Hello and welcome to pro-life activism from creation to death. This is the program that is intended for all of those who want to create a culture of life in the United States. We bring you each week the latest news in the pro-life movement, what's going on, what may be happening, uh, tell you about activism that is happening, and, and we also have guests on our show. Today we have a, a show that is going to be filled with information uh, and filled with remembrances of things that are have been. So uh, we hope that, that uh, it will be informative to, to you. Uh, before we uh, get into the, the details of the show, we want to start the program the way we always start our program, and that I, by asking you to say a Hail Mary with me, to ask the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on all involved in today's program so that we will get the message that she wants each of us to get at this moment. And so if you would join me, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for saying that prayer with me. It is always a good idea, whenever you start a new activity during the day, to call on the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on what you are doing. We're going to have a show today that, that uh, is going to be filled somewhat with regret. It's going to be um, some anniversaries that we're, we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about a great pro-life hero who died this week um, and things that are going on in Washington, D.C. And, and around the world. So why don't we start out with, with uh, mentioning a great pro-life hero. His name is Joe Scheidler. Joe Scheidler uh, came to the movement uh, in 1973 when uh, Roe v. Wade was handed down. He couldn't believe that it happened. Uh, he got together with the founder of American Life League, Judy Brown, and he began active work against what had just happened, against the Roe v. Wade decisions, which we will talk about a little further in this program. Joe Scheidler is, is, was known, he, he died this week at the age of 93. So he joined the organization or, or the movement some 48 years ago when he was 45 years old himself right, and lived to, to fight and to become known as the grandfather of the pro-life movement. Uh, Joe came in in 1973 and uh, in 1980, he founded his pro-life organization uh, in Chicago, uh, which was called the Pro-Life Action League. And that's what Joe was all about. Uh, Joe was about action. He was one of the activists in the pro-life movement when activism was just getting started. He wrote a book in 1985 called Closed, 99 Ways to Stop Abortion. Now, on my own I came into the pro-life movement in 1979 and in 1985 had begun an organization to fight Planned Parenthood. And one of the first things I did was to read Joe's book, an outstanding book on just different things that you could do, mostly activist things. 
in order to fight abortion in your community. And on the one year anniversary of our founding of our group, which was known at the time as STOP, S-T-O-P-P, which stood for Stop Planned Parenthood, we invited Joe to come from Chicago to Poughkeepsie, New York, to speak at our one year anniversary. Um, he did so. I picked him up at the airport, uh, which was a lot simpler then than it is today. Um, and Joe came up and, and we had a lot of time in the car to talk about the pro-life movement in general, to talk about the fight against Planned Parenthood. And from the day I met him, I considered him a mentor in teaching me how to fight for pro-life. Uh, Joe had the famous uh, saying, ora et labora, play and work. And that what his, what, his, what his life was all about. It was always rooted in prayer. Uh, it is one of the reasons why I'm so happy to be here on Radio Maria and why we start every one of our programs with the Hail Mary, because it all starts in prayer. And then you have to have work after that. Joan is well known in, in both pro-life and pro-abortion circles because he was so effective in what he did that the National Organization of Women sued him for racketeering. Uh, and he, in order to clear his name, he spent over 30 years fighting against unjust court, court decisions and unjust jury decisions that were all uh, reminiscent of what David Leiden is going through now. Uh, and he went to the Supreme Court three separate times before he was finally vindicated. And you can take all of that as simply an indication that how effective he was, how he hurt the other side by his peaceful activist means and his teachings. And this week, just before Joe Biden was to be named the new president of the United States, God called him home. And Joe died on Monday of this week. And um, the, the pro-life community in the United States mourns him, but not just in the United States, because Joe traveled the world in all of his years fighting against abortion and was always consistent. You have to do it in prayer. You have to do it for God and you have to do it peacefully. But he was consistent and the last pro-life talk that he gave was just a month before he died. In December of 2020, he gave a talk at the first national meeting of the Red Rose Rescue. The Red Rose Rescue we've talked about on our show here. It is a uh, probably the latest peaceful activism taking place at abortion facilities all across the country. Uh, it was motivated by Joe and, and his teachings, and he proudly spoke at the first national conference uh, for the Red Rose Rescue. So uh, he was active right until the very end, and all those who knew him know that he is now in heaven and was greeted by all those babies that he had fought for and all those babies that he had saved. And so Godspeed, Joe Scheidler. May the Lord embrace you. You know, what can you say about such a great man, such a holy man? 
the man that has basically led the movement. I think that brings us to, to the, the second topic that I wanted to, to spend a little time on today, because today is January 22nd, in of course the year 2011. And on January 22nd in 1973, the United States Supreme Court handed down two decisions. One was known as Roe v. Wade, and the other was known as Doe v. Bolton. And the Roe and Doe decisions on January 22nd, 1973, essentially removed all the criminal penalties from abortion in the United States and decriminalized the act of abortion in the entire country. There are many people who are listening to this program who don't remember a time when abortion was not allowed in the United States. About 20 years ago, I gave a talk. Uh, it was three night talks, one right after the other, one night right after the other. And after I gave my first talk on the first night, which was the history of abortion, the history of abortion in the United States, when I showed up the second night, I had a young man about 20 years old, maybe 22 years old, who came up to me and he said, Mr. Sedlak, let me get this straight. You're saying that there was actually a time in the United States of America when abortion was illegal. And I said yes. And he couldn't believe it. Well, now we're, we're 48 years down the road. I can't believe it's 48 years. I really can't. But it is. And that means that most likely anybody listening to this program who is under the age of 60 does not remember the time when abortion was illegal. How sad is that? How sad that we have raised generation after generation after generation of people who never knew that the United States of America used to protect babies in the womb. And if you're of that age, let me tell you that there was such a time in America. And it was a time that, that was closely watched. You just didn't get abortions. Oh, I mean, there was always some abortions around. You could always find some back alley abortionist who probably was better trained than some, some of the uh, front alley abortionists today because they had to be trained because otherwise they would get caught harming the women and, you know, be charged with crimes. Nowadays, you know, they harm women, they send them to the hospital and they go right on to the next woman and the next child. They don't care. It's, it's you know, in places like New York State, abortion isn't even part of the criminal code anymore. They moved it over to the health code. And so if you do something wrong in an abortion, you have not broken any law in New York State. You have just violated the health code. And people don't get sent to jail, usually, for violating the health code. But that's where we've come from. We've come from a time when abortion was unthinkable. 
when the worst thing that you could call an enterprise, if somebody uh, called an enterprise or if you had a military operation that did not go right, the worst thing that you could say about it was that it was an abortion. And everybody understood how horrible that was, how bad that was. In today's world, people are fighting over abortion. People are electing presidents of the United States over abortion. 48 years later, we are still killing. There is none of us who were alive at the time of Roe v. Wade who would have believed that 48 years later we would still be fighting this battle. But the good news, if you can find good news in it, is that America has not accepted abortion. If you talk to any of the pro-abortion people, the pro-abortion politicians, the abortionists themselves, one of the things they will tell you is they cannot believe that 48 years later, they're still fighting the battle for abortion. That's how bad it is. It can't be accepted by normal society. We just can't do that because once we accept abortion, we've given up. We've given up on everything. And so there, there are fights going on every day. Here in the month of January, there are marches and walks and commemorations going on all across the United States. Last week, we had on our program a young lady, young college, well, she's out of college now, but a, a recent college graduate right, who is fighting abortion in the state of Illinois and gave us a rundown on what is happening in Illinois and how it is becoming the abortion capital of the Midwest and all the things that her group in Illinois is, is doing. And then we talked about all of the various pro-life activities that are going on here in this January of 2021, 48 years later, all across the country. Two weeks ago, I was able to give you a list of some 26 pro-life activities scheduled just for the month of January all across the United States, East Coast to West Coast, North to South. There are pro-life things going on because nobody wants to accept the status quo. There was a time this week when, when Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, was on a podcast with Hillary Clinton, and she specifically said that she absolutely believes that the reason that Donald Trump got elected president was because of abortion and his pledge to fight it. And she believed that that same fight is what got Joe Biden elected because Biden has said that he will support abortion. And we'll talk a little bit more about Pelosi and Biden a little bit later in the show. But we need to understand that this is not a quick fight. We thought that at the beginning. At the beginning in 1973, when everyone was aghast, they said, well, that's okay. The, the, the uh, Congress will, will turn this around and within two or three years, we'll have a constitutional amendment that bans abortion. Well, it's 48 years later and I hate to say it, but I don't think we're any closer 
to having a constitutional abortion because I think our society has gone downhill since 73. I think our society is accepting of all kinds of evil. Our society is, is one where sex has become the commodity of the day, where organizations like Planned Parenthood and Advocates for Youth and other such organizations just drum into the heads of our children that they're entitled to have sex, that sex is for fun. Now, there is nobody that says sex is not pleasurable, but the purpose of sex as designed by the creator is to populate the world. Be fruitful and multiply was the command given by God. He did not say, have fun and block any children using whatever devices that you can get your hands on. One of the things that Planned Parenthood pushes and the new administration is pushing is abortion is health care. That's their slogan. Abortion is health care. If you look at in the, any dictionary for the definition of health care, you will find that the definition says that health care is taking a body that is functioning abnormally and making that body function normally. That's healthcare, restoring the body to its natural function. And yet all the products and devices, the birth control pills, the injections, the patches that people put on their bodies, all of it is designed for one purpose. The purpose is to make a naturally functioning body function unnaturally. Many of these products trick the body into thinking that it's pregnant so that it does not react normally to acts of sexual intercourse because it thinks it's pregnant already. The whole point of contraception and of all the products that they're out there making millions upon millions of dollars is to take a naturally functioning body and make it function unnaturally. That is not health care. And yet Planned Parenthood has said already here in 2021 that it intends to roll out that old worn out slogan, abortion is health care. It is not. And let's remember that. Because these organizations are all from the devil. They are satanic organizations. They are organizations who have the goal of making all of us, but particularly our children, deny God and seek pleasure. To, to deny God and do what is fun. Any philosophy which chooses to do that is an anti-God philosophy. And it cannot and will not survive. We all know the answer to the question, who wins the battle? And the answer is God. Satan has already lost, but it is trying to drag as many of our children, along with ourselves, to hell. This is a Catholic radio station. 
We know the teachings of our Blessed Mother. We know that our Blessed Mother said more souls will go to hell over sins of the flesh than for any other reason. And you are now living in a country when sins of the flesh are being glorified. Where sins of the flesh are being taught to our children. Our children these days get very confused. More and more of our children have to try to figure out whether they're a boy or a girl. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine when you grew up or when your parents grew up that you had to decide what gender you are? It was defined for you at birth, of course. You know, God created man, male and female, he created them. He gave men certain capabilities, certain strengths, and he gave women certain capabilities and certain strengths. And the among the strengths that he gave to women was being able to have children, to be the instrument that God could use to bring children into the world. For anybody who, who has experienced that or watched their wives experience that, there is not a single question about who is the stronger sex. It's women. I don't know any man that, if he even if he could physically, that could go through labor and delivery. But our children are being asked to make decisions in school whether they want to be called by feminine pronouns or masculine pronouns, whether they want to dress in certain ways, what bathrooms or even locker rooms to decide. This is America in 2021. This is the fruits of abortion. This is the fruits of man thinking that we are capable of making these kinds of decisions when we have no right to even question God is in charge and will be in charge at the end. Satan is having his day right now. But we are all called on to fight that. We are called on to fight against Satan. And God has given us a lot of things here in 2021 for us to be able to fight. Anybody at this time in this age who can sit back like we did in the 1950s, and yes, I remember the 1950s. We sat back in the 1950s, World War II is over and thought, isn't this a wonderful society? Oh, there were things wrong. There was racial injustice. But there was guidance, and we knew the racial injustice was wrong. But we also knew what was right. Today, our children are not that lucky. And so we need to be active. We need to be active in all things. 
Now, having said that, and I've alluded a couple of times to uh, what's gone on in our society this week, but let me just spend a couple of minutes on our new president. On Wednesday of this week, just the day before yesterday, Joseph Biden was inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States. And in case it isn't clear to anybody, Joseph Biden is owned by Planned Parenthood. They spent $45 million to put him in office. They provided him with a vice presidential running mate, Kamala Harris, who as Attorney General of California, when she was presented with evidence that Planned Parenthood in California was illegally engaged in the sale of baby body parts, chose not to prosecute Planned Parenthood, but to prosecute the undercover investigators who had documented the crimes of Planned Parenthood. For this, she was awarded an election to the United States Senate and then to be picked to be on Joe Biden's ticket as the vice presidential nominee. And now, as of Wednesday, she is the first female black vice president in the history of the country. All of this because she refused to go against Planned Parenthood. Joe Biden is in the same position. Planned Parenthood said before he took office that they had some things that they wanted him to do, that they expected certain things of him. And what they said was on day one, the first day that he is president of the United States, Joe Biden must issue an executive order unequivocally stating his commitment to protect and expand access to comprehensive reproductive health care, uphold sexual and reproductive rights, including abortion in the United States and around the world. That's what they demanded of him six months ago. Joe Biden took office at noon on Wednesday. He has already issued that statement. He has already said that the United States is going to get involved around the world. He has already said he will issue the executive order to cancel the Mexico City policy, in, which prohibited anybody, any use of American money to any international organization that advocated for or performed abortions. He's doing away with that. And he has already said that he is going to support the reproductive rights, which means the ability to kill children. So on day one, Joe Biden gave in to the number one demand of Planned Parenthood, who insisted he do it on day one, and he did. This is the president of the United States. He did a lot of other things. One of the things that Joe Biden said when he was running for president was that he would restore all funding to the Planned Parenthood Federation of America. You will recall that President Trump 
tried to get a lot of money taken away from Planned Parenthood, but he couldn't get the cooperation of Congress. But he did take the money from the Title X program, some $60 million away from Planned Parenthood. And Joe Biden said he will give that back. Now, he hasn't done that specific thing yet, but I can tell you that Joe Biden was funneling money to Planned Parenthood even before he was inaugurated. You see, in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday, where there is normally a huge crowd for the inauguration, this year, because of a lot of factors, there was no crowd allowed. And as a result, there was an empty mall space. And the inauguration committee for Joe Biden decided that what they would do is they would fill that space with American flags. And the way they would get the flags is they would have ordinary citizens in the United States donate to any one or more of about 90 charities that they listed as if you donate to these charities, you will be supporting the put, placing of these flags. It was called the Field of Flags. And on the list of organizations that you could donate to, there was not a single crisis pregnancy center. There was not a single pro-life group, but there was Planned Parenthood Federation of America. And there was a number of LGBTQ organizations that you could donate to. And the reports from the organizations that was taking the donation was the average donation was $25. And they were seeking enough donations so that they could erect 191,500 flags in the field of flags. And the reports I've seen say that they did, in fact, put that number up. So if you take 191,500 flags at $25 a flag as the average donation, you have between four and five million dollars that was donated. And that money went to Planned Parenthood Federation of America. And in whatever proportion it was determined to the other organizations. So you can bet that Planned Parenthood probably got somewhere around a million dollars of that. But that wasn't enough. That was not enough support to Planned Parenthood. I mean, after all, Planned Parenthood got Biden elected. They, they deserve more. And so if you read carefully the form that you filled out when you sent in your donation, the words on the bottom of the form said, if you've sent in a donation, you will be receiving emails from Planned Parenthood organizations around the country. And you can unsubscribe to them if you want. But what that means is that these organizers, these members of, of Biden's organizing committee for the inauguration are going to hand Planned Parenthood around 190,000 email addresses and names of known donors. This is extremely valuable information. I've talked to people in the industry and they said that 
depending on exactly the list, the size of the list, et cetera, uh, Planned Parenthood, would, if they were to purchase such a list, would, would cost them between a million and two million dollars. But they're going to get it for free from the inauguration committee. So even before he was in office, Joe Biden was funding Planned Parenthood. And he has promised that he is going to continue to fund Planned Parenthood. And as we've talked about on, on this program for many times, Planned Parenthood is the operator of the largest abortion chain in the nation. They operate 55% of all the abortion facilities in the country. And as of the last annual report they released, which was a year ago, they kill over 345,000 babies every year. 345,000 babies every year. And 40% of them statistically are black babies. What happened to Black Lives Matter? What happened to Planned Parenthood's support for racial justice when they kill 40% of their 345,000 abortions are done on black women? This is Planned Parenthood. And yet it is going to have the support of the new administration. Now, unfortunately, there is another downside to Joe Biden's presidency, one that we hoped would not be capitalized on, but it already has been. Joe Biden, who has been in political office since 1972, which is before Roe v. Wade, Joe Biden supports abortion. He has voted for abortion. He is on record in this political year as saying that he will support abortion for any reason. And Joe Biden proclaims himself to be a Catholic, one of us, if you will. One would hope that the bishops in the United States would come out with a number of statements declaring that Joe Biden is not a Catholic. You cannot be Catholic and pro-abortion. There have been a few bishops and a number of priests who have come out and said that, but as a unit, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has not issued an outright condemnation of Biden's support for abortion. He has been congratulated as being the second Catholic president of the United States. This actually comes as no surprise because there is another public figure in Washington, D.C., one who has been there a long time as Speaker of the House whenever the Democrats are in control, and that is Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi also claims to be a Catholic. And just as in the case of Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi has not been called out by the bishops. Now, there is a rule in the Catholic Church. There are a whole set of rules. They're called the canon laws of the Catholic Church. And there are things you can do and there are things you can't do. And it's a, it's a huge document. The last update was issued in 1983. But there are these rules. But there are eight things that you can do in the Catholic Church that get you automatically excommunicated. 
Right? Nobody has to say anything. Nobody has to do anything. Right? You are automatically excommunicated if you do any one of these eight things. And I'm not going to go through all eight things because most of them don't apply to everyday people like me and you and the people who are listening to the program. Uh, if you attack the Pope because he's the Pope, you get automatically excommunicated. If you're, a, if you're a priest and you divulge what is told to you in confession, you get automatically excommunicated. Uh, there are a number of things like that. But one of the eight things is if you procure a completed abortion, you are automatically excommunicated from the church. Now, you can get back in. That's, that's not a forever thing. You can get back in, and in most days today, you, you can go to confession to a priest and have a priest absolve you and, and welcome you back to the church. In the old days, you actually had to go to the pope to get accepted, and then the pope passed it down to the bishops, and in most dioceses, the bishops have passed it down to the, to the priests. But you are automatically excommunicated. One other thing that gets you automatically excommunicated is if you help someone do one of the offenses with automatic excommunication. So if you help someone get an abortion and you are a Catholic, you are, according to the law of the church, automatically excommunicated. And you would have to go to confession to get back in the church. And if it's a public assistance, then the normally it has to be a public apology. Well, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi have been publicly endorsing abortion and providing the funding for abortion and providing the laws that extend abortion and make it legal for decades. One would think that even if someone didn't get, want to get involved in politics, that if you were a bishop, you could point that out. I don't know about you, but I, I could probably count on two hands the number of bishops who have said anything to that effect. We have problems in the United States. It's not just with abortion, although abortion takes the lives of close to a million babies a year, babies created by God for a purpose. Remember, all of you who are listening, you were created by God for a purpose. He had a reason that he created you. I talk about the sign in my office that says, when God wants something done, he creates a child and waits. Children are not just created by God haphazardly, they all have a purpose. The million babies that die in the United States every year through abortion, each single one of them had a purpose given to them by God that will not be accomplished because they're dead. And so if God wants that done, he has to create another person and then hope that that one can escape the womb. This is the United States of America we live in. It is not a happy week. We have the death of Joe Scheidler, a great man. We have the inauguration of Joe Biden as a quote-unquote Catholic coming into office. We have the changes that are going to be taking place in the laws of the United States, changes which have happened before, but this time they are going to happen, first of all, more quickly, and second of all, more dramatically 
and be more encompassing because the whole fight is being led by Planned Parenthood and they know they're leading it. They know they got Biden elected. They know they got Kamala Harris to the position of vice president of the United States. And then they have Nancy Pelosi, who is the third in order of secession. Should something happen to Biden, then Kamala Harris becomes president. And if something happens to Biden and Kamala, then Nancy Pelosi becomes president. This is where we stand in the United States today. We have problems. And I know this is a negative show. People will say, what did Jim talk about today? He was negative today. I'm sorry, it's 48 years today that we've been killing babies with no criminal penalties in the United States. Fortunately, there are states that are still fighting this. And, and this is, this is, as I said earlier, this is what the other side can't believe. The other side knows why they fight. They fight because they want to control the population. And they fight because they make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars selling birth control products and selling abortions. They know why they fight. They don't understand why we fight. We don't get anything out of it. I've had people say this to me and when I was in front of an abortion facility or another Planned Parenthood facility. I've had them say, why are you here? You have nothing to gain from being here. And the answer, I think the answer of just about every pro-lifer in the entire United States of America, the answer is because God wants me here. That's why I'm here. That's why we stand out front praying rosaries. That's why we ask God's blessing on all involved in the abortion industry that he might turn them away that he may move them into another line of work, that they might come to realize, and, and, and thousands upon thousands of pro-abortion workers have done just that. And there are those that, that, that testify, and there are those who have formed their own organizations, and they will tell you it is because of the presence of the pro-lifers outside the clinics that they left. It is because of the love that they found in the pro-lifers. It is because of the understanding that pro-lifers care not only about the babies, but about the workers at the abortion facilities. They want them to leave. I don't have time for a long story, but but um, let me let me wrap this up with with a with a short story of how this works. There was for many years and and uh, a abortion facility in Waco, Texas, and pro-lifers were out there every time the abortions were happening. And there was a a guard who was a guard of the facility whose job was to stay out and make sure that the pro-lifers remained peaceful, which is not a hard job because pro-lifers tend to be peaceful. And the pro-lifers got to know the guard called him by name, talked to him. One day the guard wasn't there and there was another guard out there. So the pro-lifer said, what happened? And I'm going to make up a name. I said, what happened to Bruce? 
And the guard said, oh, he's sick. He's in the hospital. And a pro-lifer said, what hospital? And they found out, and after they finished protesting, they went over to the hospital, went to see Bruce, and said, Bruce, we're sorry you're sick. Is there anything we can do for you? Is there anything we can get for you? And Bruce actually had a couple of requests, and they fulfilled them. And then about two weeks later, they showed up at the abortion facility, and Bruce was back there. And they all said, oh, we're happy to see you. We're happy that you're here and that you're feeling better. And Bruce said, excuse me. And he went inside the building. And he came outside the building. And he went to the pro-lifers and he said, I want to tell you folks, I just quit my job. When I was in the hospital, you people, the pro-lifers, were the only ones who came to see me, were the only ones that offered help. I'm not working here anymore. This is pro-life. This is what we mean by pro-life. We love people. We love God's people. And on that note, we're going to close today's show the way we always close our show, and that is by asking our Blessed Mother, Mother of God, spread the effective grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity. Thank you so much for listening.